welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. Hello, Stu. Hello, Lorraine. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I have to comment immediately on the black shirt. Come well, on. To match the mood, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wear black all the time. In fact, the only time I didn't wear black, Stu, was at my very ebullient uncle's funeral. And I went in really bright colours. Um, I've got more black than anybody. And I went in really bright colours, thinking that that's what my Uncle Derek would have liked. Oh. And I went and everybody was wearing black. Everybody. I was just look, I just looked like this big pink puffball in this like sea of black. But anyway. But that's makes not you look thin, makes you look thinner though, doesn't it? Right? Oh, that's that's exactly, exactly. Look. Exactly. Look at you. You you whipper. You whip it, you. <laughs> you young whipper right. sucker. Sure about that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not what we're gonna talk about either. No. So we thought, didn't we, today we would uh, have a Conveyancing Matters chat about uh, environmental searches because we do um, occasional uh, chats about searches, Stu. And um, I think what's interesting perhaps to lead us into this about environmental searches is that, I mean, I've taught this stuff for a long time and um, the Conveyancing Handbook, and I quote, um, says that you should think about doing an environmental search if contamination is considered to be a potential issue and it's certainly the case that all the textbooks that I've come across to you don't treat an environmental search as a standard search they don't treat it and, and they think that we should be making a value judgment I have to say as a conveyancer how am I going to know if contamination is a potential issue on your average residential transaction so as a matter of interest then Stu what uh, what view do your firm take on doing an environmental search black and white for me you've got to do one um, you yeah. know there's information that's out there that you know that's not going to come up in your local search it's not going to come up in your drainage search it's not going to be on the land registry's records there's information out there that the client might need to know and of course the lender so for me I'm really surprised that every firms don't don't do a search as a matter of course and um, you know as you were just alluding to you know the main part of the environmental search is of course land contamination but now there's so much more information within these searches that I think if you don't do one and then something does come up you know an entry in the surrounding area you know, relating to, to, to what could come up in that search, surely there, there could be a claim or potential claim for negligence there. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely agree, Stu. I mean, of course, the lenders don't help us because the lenders only want us to do the searches that we consider would be reasonable to do in the circumstances. Um, and I know, actually, having travelled a lot around the country, a lot of firms don't do enviro searches just to actually push the cost, the overall cost of the client down, that, that baseline cost. Mm -hmm and they will give the client the choice as to whether or not they want the search done. So the firm will say, we're not gonna do this a matter of course, if you want us to do it, this is what it will cost and this is what it will find out, do you want it doing? But there's gonna be a lot of clients out there, Stu, who think, well, if it's not absolutely necessary, I'm not gonna spend 100, 120 quid or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But then of course, the next thing that would always flow from that is um, if you don't do one, you presumably, would be telling the lender i certainly would you have to surely yeah, um well, i mean so. yeah as, as you said how on earth would you be able to make a judgment as a lawyer um you know whether that land could be contaminated or not and you now again quantifying that to a client in terms of their liability if they buy that property and and there is a problem you know if it was built on the site of a former petrol station or mm -hmm. or garage something like that you know 
um, there could be a multitude of problems hiding in there. And we've actually had um, transactions before where, you know, there has been proper contamination. So I've actually seen it firsthand, the sort of costs that you're looking at. And, you know, it's thousands and thousands. And I'm gobsmacked at the, the volume of earth and that that they remove that, yeah. that is found to be contaminated. So this is a big convenience factor there as well. So surely you do not want to be buying a, a property and you know the view to, to sort of looking at that nice garden for then it to, to be dug up because it's you know contaminated in petrol and of course also as well contamination is not a static issue of course now it might not be that it's directly under where there was a petrol pump you know if, if it's probably been built over one you know it moves doesn't it so yeah. i think there's too many issues for me to, to turn the blind, blind eye to that and of course also the, the environmental searches now they've they've progressed so much and they've evolved there's, there's loads of information yeah searches it just doesn't just sort of surround land contamination uh, you you could argue as a lawyer of course that some of that additional information does open up a can of worms and does lead us down another road where there's more work that we have to do more things we have to look into um but nevertheless for me the importance of that search can't really be um underlined you know you've got to put it on a par with your drainage um you know and and, and your local for me that would form part of the usual searches yeah, I mean, it's interesting, as I say, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised that there are firms that, you know, are always looking to, to sort of cut the cost. But of course, you know, um, for those people watching this that not, might not be completely sure of the sort of basic legislation that this all sits on. I mean, as we know, it's the, the basic of, you know, the Environmental Protection Act 1990, which in terms of land contamination, the, you know, the basic, basic premise is that, you know, if land is contaminated, the polluter pays. But if it's not possible to find out who polluted the land, then the landowner will pay for the cleanup. And as you say, Stu, it can it can run to many, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds if you're not careful. And I think what conveyancers need to be careful about when they're thinking about this is that they think, oh, well, it can't possibly you know, affect Mr. and Mrs. Blogs in their back garden. And of course, you know, you do read, I mean, I think there's, um, uh, and I won't mention where, but you know, I think there's um, a, an estate, um, not, not a million miles from where I am in East Anglia, you know, which has had these very, very problems, um, you know, and people have had all sorts of, you know, terrible issues in their back gardens. And of course, it's not just the back garden, it's the land on which the house stands. Um, and as you say, why why conveyancers wouldn't want to do it with the level of risk? But I do think the other side of that coin, and you kind of touched on it really, Stu. Uh, I think also from a from a conveyancer perspective, is what we really have to be careful about is a couple of things. Because firstly, if we do the search, we have to advise on it. So um, you know, th there was a case rel relatively recently where a firm. Did, uh, did a plan search, didn't advise on it, and it revealed, you know, um, big plans next door and the buyer pulled out and basically sued their firm for not advising them about the plan search. They didn't have to do the plan search, but having done it. But of course, this, the flip side of that, particularly with an enviro, Stu, is I'm not an environmental specialist, and nor, do you, nor are you. So I think firms, it's a real double-edged sword, this, because I think firms have to be very, very careful about what advice we're prepared to give about the enviro search because you know we're not the, the most i feel we can do is to flag the issues to the client and the lender if necessary um maybe doing I, I think that's, that's going to be yeah that's going to be 50 percent of the thing though isn't it you know you're advising the client of a potential yeah. issue and if they wish to proceed on that basis they're aware of it 
Um, and, and that's that is the issue, isn't it? That if you don't do it, that issue does exist, and you could have discovered it if you'd done this search. You know, let's just say it's roughly fifty quid. You know, was the client given that option? You know, and I don't know what other firms do. Maybe they would, you know, write to the client and give them the options of of having sort of numerous other searches that they can do, and these are the costs. But for me, that would be you know too bitty, and and we we take that as part and parcel of the search package. Yeah. We a client. It includes the environmental, the information contained in it are too important. And I, I would not feel comfortable um, from a lender standpoint. And I'm sure that if there was an issue and we've spoken about this subject again and again and again regarding liability, you know, if you don't do it, there's only one person they're coming back to time and time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. I couldn't be bothered to worry about it. I couldn't be bothered to explain the what ifs and do maybe do this, maybe do that. To cover all that off, probably, you know, it's a damn sight easy just to do the search in the first place. And I, I mean, I, you would know far more than me about what other firms do, but um, I would suggest that surely most big firms of any ilk w would do one. So I'm not sure, you know, from a price point, whether, you know, a client would be that far out when they're looking at a quote and they see that there's, you know... I think you'd be surprised. I have to say, particularly, um, you know, we're both down, sort of down south, really. Um, but I think, you know, there are certain areas of the country, Stu, where, you know, the, the legal fees and the general cost of conveyancing have been pushed down to such an extent that actually, you know, 20 quid, 100 quid, whatever, you know, would be the difference between a firm getting a job and not getting a job, interestingly. And I have to say, very depressingly. So let's have a think then. So the biro search that we would do is a standard desktop search. And if any of our lovely search provider friends uh, you know who we regularly chat to and deal with um, you know want to want to put out some more information about the searches they offer as a result of uh, of our chat then you know we'd be very grateful to hear from them um, but it's basically a desktop sort of search of existing data so nobody's going out to you know going out to a site with a, a stick in a bucket yet um, it's going to do a map review it's going to do a data review so we've mentioned land contamination we've mentioned flooding um, what other things would you be looking for, Stu, in, a, in an Enviro search? Uh, there's loads of different information in there. So you've mentioned flooding. Um, depending on what type of environmental search you do, there's loads of additional information which can range from sort of um, potential of radon gas, uh, ground stability. Um, it, there, there's literally, it's packed full of information. As I sort of alluded to earlier, it can be a bit dangerous because, of course, you're, you're going into a realm, especially with land, um, sort of stability that you know how much do you want to know because your standard um, you know, standpoint on that is always going to be to advise the client to have a survey done so um, it is difficult but you know it's, it's information that's available you, you've got to go and get it and if there's a potential of for example ground stability being an issue which in Essex is a generalization most of these searches come back probably because the, the sort of clay content in the soil stuff like that um, then they're going to come back with, with, with that potential. But these searches do have a, a pass and a fail marking. Mm. So um, when you're looking at the searches, they normally pass, even if they mill, sort of reveal um, sort of other subsidiary information like you know, the possibility of, of ground movement, that kind of thing. But yeah, yes, but again, it's all important, isn't it? The really important thing, again, because you know, a search is only as good as the people kind of dealing with it, is in the in the melee that we're all in, you know, the maelstrom we're all in at the moment is to uh, 
you know, is to make sure that that one that, that's failed actually gets actioned and, 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 you know, the right things get done with it, the client gets informed, the lender gets informed. But of course, it can tell you about landfill, you know, waste sites, phone masks, all sorts of things, really. But I think you do, you know, you have to kind of look at the search with a degree of, um, you know, you have to be sensible about it because, uh, you know, I had a search um, not that long ago, which, uh, you know, in a small Suffolk market town, you know, which revealed some, uh, you know, con potentially contaminative use within 50 metres of the property. <laughs> and, uh, and it was a local, um, you know, dry cleaning shop, you know, in the co-op with, you know, with their dry cleaning agents. So you do need to be a bit careful. But, um, but the other side of that coin, and certainly the sorts of properties where I find, you know, um, there may be potentially more of an issue is obviously where, and you're probably going to come across this a fair bit, I would guess too, um, is obviously development of um, brownfield sites or development of sort of X factories, X yep. petrol stations, as you've mentioned. And I don't know about you, but I tend to find um, a fairly frequent uh, sort of, you know, culprit really is actually um, sort of, you know, retirement properties actually uh, are often built or seem to be in my experience built on you know that type of land um now interestingly we're less likely to have a lender involved in that circumstance but have you got you know any other examples of, of, of perhaps yeah I, th I, th I think what you've got to be careful of is it's, it's sort of profiling that seller so if you've got um a very small builder for example rather than some of the big corporates um, you know, they might be buying an area of land that might be substantially cheaper than the normal, but that could be because, you know, it's likely to be contaminated or it was built on a formal industrial site of some sort. So you do have to be careful and you do have to evaluate, you know, what you're actually dealing with. Um, but there, there's lots of potential, um, you know, we, uh, where we are, uh, particularly our Basildon office, we're not too far from a big shopping centre called Lakeside. In Thurrock, um, you've got also Blue Water Shopping Centre, the other side of the Dartford Tunnel. So again, massive sort of quarry type areas, landfill areas. That again, mm. you know, you're going to get sort of negative search results. But of course, you know, just having a negative search result doesn't mean you know it's total disaster. Um, you know, in those kind of areas, you can get indemnity insurance. You now you can cover it off with with letters from the council. Um, you know, and, and and I think you know now sort of when you know the local authorities take into condition the granting of planning permission quite often that's linked with you know attending to the clear up costs um on on potential contaminated land so it's an issue that i think has come more into the industry within the last sort of 10 15 years and, and if anything will, will, will continue rather than sort of go away so i think you're ignoring it at your peril yeah i agree i mean i you know worked in a really primarily agricultural area and of course the funny thing is you often think oh you know you know, lovely, lovely rural area, lovely rural land. But of course, agriculture can actually, you know, involve, you know, quite a lot of contamination and, and, and really quite, uh, you know, miserable substances lurking around. And of course, agriculture land is the sort, typically the sort of area where, as you mentioned earlier, any contamination can sort of seep onto neighbouring land very easily. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so, well, hopefully, Stu, um, and you can tell I was thinking about, I do this in lectures, I was thinking about saying something else then, I completely forgot what I was going to say. So, uh, on, that, uh, on, that, on that question mark, Stu, if I remember what I was going to say, I'll put it in the notes. Uh, well, hopefully that's given people a few more thoughts about the, um, 
you know the principles behind and the theory mm. behind environmental searches i'm absolutely with you i would i would consider it a standard search and i think anybody watching this who doesn't do the enviro as a standard uh you know as you quite rightly say i think needs to think very carefully about what they're doing to be quite honest i think they're taking a risk aren't they that's the key that they're taking a risk and, and in this day and age now any you know the most smallest risk you could possibly think of is just not worth taking yeah i agree well thanks very much for that Stu. and um, we'll talk again no doubt really soon thanks all right have a Bye. good day and you